everybody. I said good morning, everybody. Good morning. How's everyone today? Oh, come on. How's everybody today? You love the Lord? Say amen. If you don't love him, keep it to yourself. We don't know about that. Amen. Let's all stand. We're going to worship the Lord. Amen. We're going to start with there's nothing, nothing that our God can't do. Amen. Here we go. Come on, put your hands together. Help us out.
What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Here we go. What can wash away my sin? Oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Come on, put your hands this morning all right well I want you to tell somebody everybody put a smile on your face look around uh, shake a hand hug a neck tell somebody you sure do look good this morning amen tell them that this morning right. I sure do look good You can find your place and you can be seated if you would. Oh, that's good fellowship. I say you can find your place and you may be seated now. <laughs> you start the fellowship, it's hard to stop the fellowship, amen? That's okay. Next one, talk praise, amen. That'll get them quiet quickly, amen. All right, it is so good to see you here. Welcome to uh, Revival Sunday. Start Revival today. We have Brother Herman Kramer right here on the front row. Give him a big hand. Thank you, Brother Herman. I believe he drove in from Amarillo, is that right? Or Abilene, Abilene. All right, he was in Abilene last week and uh, coming to Tyler, Texas. Uh, a few more trees here, I believe, so uh, we'll try to do a little bit more, a uh, little bit more scenery, but a little more pollen too. Amen. But that's all right. Uh, we are glad to have him. Uh, I hope you came hungry today. 
because uh, we have a uh, free barbecue dinner for everybody here. So please stay and eat. Otherwise, me and Brother David are going to have to eat it all. Amen. Uh, Brother David set it up for us. We got pulled pork today, and it is good. I have tasted the pork, and it is good, says the Lord. Amen. And uh, so please, everybody come. Uh, eat, and we may even let people take some home because uh, we got we got a lot of pulled pork today. All right, thank you, Brother David, for uh, handling that for us. Uh, first things first, if we have any visitors today, we don't want to embarrass you, but we do want to get a record of your visit. Uh, we have a little uh, visitor card, so if you're a visitor, just uh, slip up your hand, and our usher will get you a card if you would. I know we've got a family up here, got some more there. Just keep your hands up if you would, and uh, they will make it over to you. Brother Jeff's got this side. Amen. Awesome. If you will, just fill those cards out and uh, put those in the offering basket on your way out. Uh, we are doing for our revival. We're giving a free movie ticket to all visitors. And if somebody invited you, write their name down too because they get a free movie ticket for inviting you. So uh, please write down your name, put your address and all the information there. You can put it in the offering basket on your way out. We're so glad that you're here. Did everybody get... Get one that needed one? All right, awesome. We're so glad you're here today. And uh, let me give you just a few announcements. Uh, we normally have a, a full Wednesday night of activities, but this week, of course, will be revival. But Wednesday night is youth night, so we're going to have uh, all the youth. We're going to pack this place out with youth. So if you know some youth, uh, bring them. Uh, we're going to feed them a free pizza that night. And uh, I believe uh, Brother Martin has a contest going on. I believe there's a prize for the one who brings the most visitors. So uh, Wednesday night is youth night. So uh, everything that we do on Wednesday night will be canceled uh, this Wednesday for the revival night, okay? Uh, so, uh, but we will still have Wednesday morning Bible study. So if you come to that, it's at 10 a.m., 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on Wednesday. We will still have that this week. Uh, don't forget, we always have Sunday school at 10 a.m. So if you uh, have, have never attended that, please come a little bit earlier at 10 a.m. Uh, for Sunday school. Uh, the g giving today can be done in an envelope uh, with uh, cash or check, but you can also give online. You can go to giving.landmarktyler.com, and you set it up one time, and then you're good to go from then on. Uh, you can give that way also. And uh, please give. Uh, we we want to take care of Brother Herman. Brother Kerman comes, and if you've ever heard him before, you know he's going to bring it. Amen. And so you bring, uh, bring people with you all week, uh, but we want to bless Brother Herman this week in the way that we do that. You give, all right, and uh, give towards the revival this week, all right, uh, so that we can be a blessing to Brother Herman Kramer. Um, we, uh, uh, we are also having the Floyd Boys Quartet uh, is going to sing. They're going to start singing tonight, amen. So they're going to come and sing two or three songs every night. And uh, that's, a, that's a fiasco if you've ever seen it, amen. Uh, no, it's a, we're going to have a good time, amen. They're all my friends, and I use the term friends loosely, amen. But uh, they're a lot of fun. Uh, don't forget the lunch after morning service. Uh, please come. But what we're going to have, we'll, we're providing lunch for you today, but every night we're going to have food trucks. That way uh, our ladies that cook here don't have to cook every single night. So we're going to have food trucks. They're going to come and be on the parking lot starting at 5.30. So anytime from 5.30 to 7, you can come uh, eat at the food truck, bring it into the fellowship hall. And Miss Mary, we have uh, desserts and we have tea and water and drinks set up in there. And so, ladies, yes, we need some help bringing desserts. So if you can bring those, see Miss Mary. Miss Mary, raise your hand there. Amen. Amen. And so uh, please help us out and bring desserts this week. Um, and then also, uh, one other thing, we're going to have a church-wide picnic and church-wide baptisms out at the lake on Sunday, the June the 19th. All right? So go ahead and mark that down if you would. Sunday, June 19th, church-wide picnic in the same place we had last time out at the Green Anchors retreat, um, I don't know what they call that out there, what's the official name of that? Pavilion, Lake Pavilion, I think, all right? So it'll be at that same place we were last year, we'll get some maps for that, um, but we had a great time last year, so come, if you need to be baptized, come see me, and we'll do baptisms out there at the lake that day. All right, life recovery class, uh, Terry Cantlin, is that meeting today, or no? Going to meet today, okay? The life recovery class that meets, if you, uh, if you uh, are in recovery for any kind of addiction or any kind of thing um, that meets uh, on Sundays at 2, so that will meet today at 2 o'clock here, all right? So you can come, and uh, they will meet you here. All right, we're going to continue to worship. If you would, stand with me, and uh, we're going to continue to worship. One of my favorite new songs called Fear is a Liar, amen? The devil wants to lie to us, amen?
one's called I Got Saved. Anybody here been saved? Amen. <laughs> God, thank you so much for your love, your mercy, your grace, Lord. I thank you that, Lord, you provide salvation for everybody in this room today. I pray if there's one that doesn't know for sure, if they were to die right now, God, that they would go and spend eternity with you, that, God, they would get that settled today. Lord, I pray for Brother Herman, God, I pray that you'd hide him behind the cross today. I pray that, God, it would not be his own words, but, God, it would be your Holy Spirit speaking through him the message that we need to hear. God, we just give you all control, all power this morning. Holy Spirit, would you move in each and every person's life in this room today, God, and speak, speak into our hearts. I pray that somebody would get saved. I pray that somebody would recommit their life to you. I pray that somebody would decide today is the day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start serving the Lord. And God, we could all stand to do better than what we are. And so I pray that God, you would just draw us towards you, draw us towards the cross. Thank you for Jesus, the greatest gift of all, the greatest gift we'll ever receive. For it's in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 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 Well, Brother Herman Kramer uh, hails from uh, Seguin, Texas, and we had him yeah. last year, and we are having him this year. Thank you. Uh, give Brother Herman a big hand, if you would, as he comes this morning. Thank you. 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 
Oh, they're going over there. Oh, yeah. That's all right. To get Brother Herbert <laughs> I forgot all about that. You guys still from church or uh, you all are church people? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. What an honor. There goes most of my congregation right there. <laughs> what a blessing to be back. I love this place. I really do. Uh, I love Brother Mark. I love Julie. Uh, they've done so many revivals with me and, and did music for so long, and I just appreciate them. And, and when Brother Mark became pastor here, invited me to come. That was a tremendous honor to me uh, to know the man that had, uh, I had worked with so many times and then uh, become a pastor and invite me to come, and I, I'm so delighted. And I want to tell you, y'all are some of the kindest people. So many of y'all say such nice things on my Facebook. Most churches, they're just glad to get rid of me. And I don't hear from them anymore. But you're not that way. Y'all have made been so kind and, and so gracious, and I appreciate that. Let me just clarify, because I've been asked three times today already, what I'm going to do when I retire. I'm not retired. If you go back and read that statement that I wrote on Facebook, it said this, there comes a time that you have to make a decision, and that time was now for me to retire the trailer. And we've been in that trailer, you know, pulling that trailer since 1980, and, and we've worn out five. And uh, I've gotten to the point now that, you know, at my age, uh, I, I'm not going to buy a new trailer. I'm not going to buy a new truck to pull it with. Uh, it's just cheaper for me at this point in my life is to stay in a hotel than it is to drag that trailer. I pulled that trailer a couple of weeks ago all the way over by Louisiana, up, up by Tex uh, Texacana back home. It cost me over $400 worth of fuel. And so, you know, you can stay in a motel for that kind of price. Last week I was at First Baptist Church O'Brien, which you go up to Stanford, go to Abilene, go to Stanford, then go west up towards Monday, and, and that way I was up there, and by the time I would have pulled it all the way back home, pulled it here, went back home, and pulled it back to Abilene next week, I just left it in Abilene. When I came down uh, that night, Wednesday night, uh, I was going right by the church that I'm going to be at next week, and so I just pulled in there, dropped it off, came on home without the trailer, drove up here in the car, staying in the hotel, uh, and then I got to go home. I'm taking care of an elderly gentleman, my neighbor man. Uh, he's in a nursing home, and every, I just got to the point I got to go home almost every week uh, on Thursday and Friday to take care of him and to mow the yards and do all of that. And so it's just it's just too much pulling that trailer around. So that's what I meant. Now, when you talk about retirement, you'll see my daughter's put on there, Daddy went home to be with the Lord today. That's when I'm going to retire, okay, when God calls me home. And so I just wanted to class of, uh, I wanted to clear that up because uh, uh, I didn't want anybody. But anyway, thank you. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here. You know, we live in a time of so much unrest. Uh, so much bad news. I mean, you turn on the television, be honest. Every time you turn on the television, it's just bad news, bad news, bad news. And, and the time you turn it off, you feel worse than you did when you turned it on. But folks, I want to give you some good news today. I want you to walk out of here today to say, you know what? There's a lot of bad news out there, but there was certainly some good news in here today. Because I want you to know God's still on his throne. Amen. No matter what happens out there, God still reigns. And so I'm going to just use a real simple illustration tonight, today of, of a passage in the Bible that you're familiar with. You remember the story of Moses. Let's go to Exodus chapter 3. And leading up to this chapter, you remember Moses commits murder. And now Pharaoh is looking for him. And as a matter of fact, when Pharaoh finds him, he's going to put uh, Moses to death. And so Moses flees for his life. And you remember he was out there by the well, and these daughters, these girls had brought their sheep up to get water for their sheep. And, and it says that almost every day the men would push the girls away, and they would get their water first. 
and said, this day Moses took up for him. And so the girls go home early that day. And the daddy says, uh, why are you home so early? And they said, well, there was this man at the well, and he took up for us today, and he saw that we got water for our sheep, and so uh, uh, he, 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 he took care of us. And so the daddy says, why didn't you invite him home? Why didn't you bring him for a meal or something like that? And so they get Moses, and they bring him for a meal. And, and you remember, to make a long story short, uh, Moses ends up marrying one of the daughters. And so now Moses, after all these years, now he's out there in the desert taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. And this is where we pick up the story today in chapter 3, and it says this in verse 2. And the angel of the Lord uh, appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burnt with fire, and the bush was not being consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. Now watch this. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. I love that passage of Scripture. Uh, you know, I hear people all the time saying, Brother Herman, you know, I'm just waiting on God. No, you, listen, you're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. You see, the Bible said that when Moses had a desire to see something that he had never saw before, to experience something he had never experienced before, out of that, when he turned aside to see, God spoke. God never spoke until Moses turned aside. And so the Bible says in the next verse, it says, draw not hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereby thy standeth is holy ground. Look at verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the afflictions of my people which are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry by the reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrow. Listen. And I've come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good land and a large land, unto a land that flows with milk and honey. Now look at verse 10. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The gods of your fathers have sent me unto you, and they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. What a tremendous passage of encouragement to you and I today in the story of Moses. What is it that you and I can leave here today and simply say that in a world of chaos, in a world that there simply seems like there is no good news today, what is it that we can take from this place and apply to our life and to simply say there is good news today? Well, the first thing that I want you to see, and this is very evident, is that God never changes. Now, that's good news. You see, my friend, listen. Moses said, whom shall I say? Just tell them I am. I am what? I, I am whatever they need. I do not change. You see, God is the same yesterday that he is today that he will be forevermore. Not going to be, not was. He is God. Amen? That's good news. Because in the society, in the world that you and I live in today, it seems like that everything is changing. 
Well, we are not the world that we were 10 years ago. It changes so, so rapidly. I was preaching a message the other night, and I said, I can remember a time in my generation and in your generation that there were some things that we literally never even talked about. But folks, the truth of the matter is, all of that which we never would talk about has already come out into the open. Look at the world that we live in today. Changes so, so fast. But my friend, the good news is God doesn't change. He is still the same God of yesterday that he is today that he will ever more be in your life. He's the same. He doesn't change. You see, I just wrote down simple things that he said in the Word of God. To the broken, he's what? He's the healer. And to the lost, he's a seeking shepherd. And to those that are in darkness, he's the light of this world. To the hurting, he's the comforter. To the sick, he's still the great physician. And to the sinner, he's the savior of the world. And to the lonely, he is the friend that sticketh Closer than a brother. Oh, he doesn't change. He's the same today that he was yesterday, that he will be tomorrow. Throughout the Bible, Jesus made these references. He said, I am the vine. Notice that in all of these things Jesus said, Jesus never said, I am a vine. He said, I am the vine. In other words, there is no vine in comparison to who I am. I am the true vine. He said, not only am I the vine, but he said, I am the bread of life. He goes on to say, I am the door. He goes on to say, I am the light of the world. He goes on to say, I am the resurrection and the life. He goes on to say, I am the good shepherd. He goes on to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, my friend, everything that a man needs is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can take that to the bank. Amen? He doesn't change. That's good news. Whatever he says yesterday, he says today that he will say forevermore. God doesn't change. So remember that. That's good news. Not only does God not change, but I want you to notice something else. God had not forgotten Moses. God had not forgotten Moses. I mean, here Moses was, had been out there in that desert for 40 years. Now, do you believe that Moses ever thought, maybe because of what he did, maybe because he had failed along the way, that some way, somehow, God had just given up on him? I imagine so. I imagine there were many, many days that Moses would look back on his life and say, you know, if I wouldn't have done that, I, you know, I was close to God, and, 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 and here I am, and God doesn't care about me. God has forgotten about me. Well, we live in that world today. There's a world of people today that feel like that's because of something maybe they have done, Maybe some incident in their life that some way, somehow, that God just gave up on them. God, hadn't, God, God didn't care about them anymore. But you see, that's not true. As a matter of fact, 40 years later, the sweetest sound that Moses ever heard in his life came from that burning bush when out of that bush he heard the voice, Moses, Moses. Wow, Moses heard that, huh? God hadn't. God hadn't forgotten me. Boy, is it so, isn't it amazing how quickly people can forget about us? Boy, we, listen, truth. Every one of us in this room, we, we've had people that were close to us. We had people that, that walked with us, and then all of a sudden one day, they just left us. They didn't care about us. But aren't you glad that God never forgets about you? You remember the story of Peter? 
When Jesus talked about dying upon the cross, Peter said, not you, Lord. As a matter of fact, I'll die, I'll go to prison, but not you, Lord. And you remember what Jesus said? He said, Peter, you're not near as strong as you think you are. As a matter of fact, you're going to deny me three times before the cock ever crows. And you remember the story. He was there by the fire. They begin to accuse him. He denies him, denies him, denies him. The cock crows. And you remember what the Bible said? The Bible said Jesus turned and looked at Peter. And listen to this. The, the Bible says, and Peter went out and wept bitterly. Have you ever thought? Have you ever taken a moment to think about what Peter must have felt at that moment? When he was out there alone, weeping tears, he must have thought, oh, man, did I fail. Did I ever, one day I, I thought I was so strong, but yet I was so weak, and I couldn't see it. I imagine Peter felt like a failure. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there when you just, Felt like that you failed God. And that maybe that some way, somehow, that God couldn't care about you. That God's going to pass over you to find somebody else that he can use. But he certainly is not going to use you because you're not nearly as spiritual as you thought you were. But remember this. And we just spoke about it last week. When Jesus was raised from the dead, there was only one disciple Jesus mentioned. Who was it? He says, go and tell Peter that I'm not here, that I've been risen from the dead. Why did he mention Peter? Because I believe that he was sending a message back to Peter to say, Peter, you may have failed, but I haven't given up on you. Peter, you may have made a mistake, but I want you to know I still love you, Peter, and I care about you, Peter, and I'm going to do something magnificent in your life. You may feel like you're a failure, but I want you to know, Peter, I haven't forgotten you. What about Jonah? When God was warning to send him this way, and he went that way, and you remember he gets on the ship, and, 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 and the storm arose, and and, and, and they're fearing for their life. And you remember what he said? He said, if you get rid of me, you'll get rid of the problem. He said, I knew what God wanted, but I didn't do it. And you remember they took him and they threw him overboard. And God had prepared a fish. Oh, I love to preach about the fish. The fish, can you imagine out of all the fishes in the world, that God speaks to one fish at one time and told him exactly where to go and on what side of the ship to be on and that somebody's going to be thrown overboard and I want you to swallow him. And the fish was there. Folks, the truth of the matter is that fish was more obedient to God than what most of us are. He swallows it, and in the belly of the fish, what does Jonah do? He cries. He cries out to God. He says, God, this is not your will. I knew what you wanted, but I wouldn't do it. And the Bible says God spoke to the fish, and the fish spit it out, Jonah. And he goes to Nineveh and preaches. The only time in history, you'll never read it before and you'll never read it after, the only time in history a whole town turns to God. God wasn't finished with Jonah. Samson, well, compromise, 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 until finally he compromises all the way. Beat him, they poke out his eyes, they chain him. And standing between those two pillars, he says, Oh God, one more time. And you remember the story of Samson. He pulls those pillars and he kills more people in the last instant of his life than any other time God had not forgotten him. Listen, here's some good news. God didn't forget about Peter. God didn't forget about Jonah. 
God didn't forget about us. Samson, God hasn't forgotten about you. No matter who you are, no matter what you have done, no matter where you've been, God has not forgotten you. I love that. The Bible says that while we were yet in our mother's womb, God knew us. The Bible said it's appointed in a man once to die, and then the judgment, my friend, listen, God didn't only know you before you were born. God's going to know you after you're dead, and you can't convince me that God doesn't know you now. Matter of fact, the Bible said he knows every hair on our head. There's nothing about you God doesn't know. He hasn't forgotten you. That's good news. Here's some more good news. Not only God doesn't change, not only did God not forget about Moses, the third thing that I want you to notice is simply this, is God can restore you. Here was Moses probably felt like he was washed up. For 40 years, he had wandered out there in the desert, taking care of those stinking sheep, sheep. And all of a sudden, in the midst of all of that, God speaks to him, and God says, Moses, Moses, I want to use you. I want to restore you, Moses. I'm going to use you, Moses, like I've never used you before. God was restoring Moses back into that place that God wanted him to be. And you see, that's the good news about God, is that God restores each and every one of us, that no matter the mistake that we've made in life, no matter how many times that we've stumbled, God is a God that continues to remake us and to restore us into that image that God wants us to be. He's not only the God of the first chance, but he's the God of the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth and on down the line. Aren't you glad that God never gives up on you? restores the woman at the well when he asked her he said look go get your husband she said I ain't got any he said I've had five but I don't and he said yeah the one you're living with is not even your husband but you see God took that woman that had a life of brokenness and he restored it into a life of meaningfulness sharing the gospel. The Bible says that she goes back into the town and tells the people, come, I've found the Messiah. That's good news. That's good news. And not only does God never change us, and not only does God never forget you, not only does God restore you, but I want you to notice fourthly, God can use you God can use you. Look what he said in verse 10. Come now therefore and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God can use you no matter how old you are or how young you are. God can use you. I love to preach to senior adults because naturally that's where I am. But I tell people all the time in the congregation, how many of you are you 80 years old? Raise your hand. And they'll raise their hand. And I say, welcome to the ministry. Amen. I mean, God didn't call Moses till he was 80. He said, I got a job for you. See, I'm one of those that believe that every single one of us, that if we are born again, that you and I have a talent, a gift, an ability, that you and I have something to contribute to the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter how young we are. There is something for each and every one of us to do. He used Moses at 80. He uses Caleb at 85. You remember Caleb standing there at 85 says, I want you to know I'm as strong this day as I was the first day. I've come to get my mountain. 85 years old. And then, turn the coin over. The little boy with the loaves and fishes. How old was he? Doesn't say. He just said he was a lad. Didn't have much lunch. Just a few couple of fishes and some loaves. But God took his loaves and fishes fed 5,000 besides the women and children. So it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. 
God has a place for you. That's good news. To know that God can use you. That no matter what you have done, no matter how many mistakes you've made in life, no matter how many blunders you've done, that God has a place for you to be used in the kingdom of God. That's good news. When I was a pastor, I used to teach my people that every one of us was important, that we all can't do the same thing, but all of us can do something. And I teach my people that that lady in the nursery is just as important as me here in this pulpit. And that that woman Mary in the kitchen is just as important as that Sunday school teacher. And that Sunday school teacher is just as important as that deacon. That deacon is just as important as that person in the yard. That person in the yard is just as important as the person at the door because we're all important to the kingdom of God. And God has a place for you. That's good news. Because let me tell you the good news that. My friend, a hundred years from today, what's going to count in your life? You think a hundred years today they're going to drive by? Oh, I remember when old Tom lived in that house. No, they're not even going to remember Tom. Won't matter what kind of house you lived in. It won't matter what kind of a job you held. It won't matter what kind of a car you drove. It won't matter what kind of a bank account that you had. A hundred years from tonight, the only thing that's going to matter in your life and in my life is what we've done with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why it's important that we're plugged in. That's important. That's why it's important that we're being used of God. Lay up not your treasures upon earth where moss and rust does corrupt and thieves break through and steal, but lay your treasures up in where? Heaven. Lay your treasures in heaven. So here's some good news, and I'm closing the message. I'm coming in for the, what, home plate, amen. All right, here it is. God doesn't change. That's good news. Amen? God didn't forget about Moses. That's good news. Forty years out there, God still remembered him. That's good news. God can restore you. That's good news. I'm glad I'm not the same person I was yesterday. Amen? God can use you. That's good news. Now, it all leads up to this last one. God can save you. See, that's the whole point of the story. That's the whole point of the burning bush. That's the whole point of God speaking to Moses. That's the very same reason of why God is sending Moses was to deliver his people out of bondage into a good land, a land that flows with milk and honey. And that's the very reason that God sent his son in order to save you and to save me. And that's the best news that you'll hear today is that we learned in Sunday school, Mark did such a tremendous job talking about it, that each and every one of us, that no matter who we are, must be born again. That which is born of water is water, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. When I talk to children, I tell children all the time, when God created you and me, God created us in his image. But through Adam and Eve, that image was marred, and sin entered into the world. And ever since Adam and Eve, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not But ever since Adam and Eve, man has always wanted to get back to God. But in what man could not do, God did when he gave his only begotten son. And he who knew no sin became sin for you and for me. And ever since the beginning of time, God has sent his Moseses. He sent Noah. Noah building the ark, 120 years. 
he said to the people, there's a judgment coming. There's a judgment coming. But some laugh, some mock. But one day it began to rain, and the only ones that were saved were those that were in the ark. And today God still sends us Moses. He sends people like Brother Mark and Brother and, brother, and me, Brother Herman, to you to say to you, listen, there's a good land, a land that flows with milk and honey. You don't have to stay in bondage any longer. God's come to deliver you out. And all you have to do is to put your trust in him, to believe that you're a sinner, He's the Savior. There's not many saviors. There's only one Savior. There's not many doors. There's only one door. There's not many vines. There's only one true vine. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man will see the Father except by me. And so the good news today is that God wants to save you. That if you're here today and you're lost, you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you've never had that rebirth experience that Brother Mark talked about a moment ago, that you may not be able to name the exact sermon that was preached or the, uh, the day or the time that you accepted the Lord, but you can go back and you can say that I do know this, that one day I was lost and I'm found. One day I was in darkness and now I'm in light. One day I was a sinner, but now I've been saved. There's been a change in my life. If you can't say that today, today is the greatest news that you'll ever hear, and that is you can be saved right here, right now. So you'll walk out of this building today, and my time's gone. But you'll walk, well, we're going to eat here. Mary's going to feed. But you're going to walk out of here today, and you're going to be bombarded today with all kinds of bad news. Bad news. But folks, the good news today is that God loves you, and he hasn't forgotten you. No matter the mistake you've made, he's come to restore you if you will only do what God wants you to do. Brother Mark said a moment ago that his prayer was that if you were here lost, that today you'd be saved. That if you were here today and you're not where you need to be, that today you would rededicate your life, that you would say, God, I want to be. And if you're here today and you don't have a church home and you attend here and you worship here, and you love Julie and Mark and, 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 and the people here. I mean, how could you not love them? But you love the people here, but you've never joined here. This church needs you. But more importantly, you need this church. If something happened to you today, listen, if something happened to you today, who's going to be the first one to your porch? Be honest. Be the people of this church. But this church needs you on their porch today. And maybe today you'll want to come and say, this is where I need to be. This is where God's bringing me. And I need to go. So whether you need to be saved, whether you need to rededicate your life, or whether you need a church home, this invitation is for you. What are you going to do with the good news that you heard? That's your choice. Let's pray. Father, Thank you for your word. Thank you for simplicity. And Lord, I pray today that no one will turn away from the good news that you've spoken to their heart with today. May that one that needs to be saved come to Brother Mark and say today, Brother Mark, I want to be saved. That one that needs to rededicate their life, may they come today. That person that needs a church home, may they come today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand. Brother Mark's going to be right here to receive you. And I'm going to invite you to come on the very first verse. Come on. Come on. Make your decision. Come every soul by sin oppressed. There's mercy with the Lord. 
Come on, Brother Mark, I meet you right here. Say yes. Only trust him. He will save you. He will save you. He will save you now. I'll sing one more verse and we'll close. For Jesus. I don't lead a long invitation. I think it's got to come from your heart. You gotta want it. Moses said, I'll now turn aside. When he turned aside, God spoke. God, you're not waiting on God. God may be waiting on you. To say, yes, Lord. Only trust him. Only trust him. Only trust him now. He Real quickly. Thank you so much for being here today. Listen, if you don't have something at home cooking, it'll burn the house down if you don't get there. Let me tell you, just go right through those double doors right there. And lunch is on the church. And you'll enjoy a great lunch, great fellowship, great fellowship together. So we want to invite you to stay. I want to invite you to stay. Remember the services tonight. As I always say, and it was mentioned this past week, before we know it, Wendy's going to be here. The pastor stood up last Wednesday night and said, where did the week go? Seemed like we just started, and it was already over. And it's going to happen here as well. And so let me invite you to come. Bring somebody with you. Invite somebody to come and be a part of this revival service. The person you may, you know, and I'm, I'm through, but we don't have to go far to eat, but i got to tell you this. When I pastor, I used to say, now this, I'm not good at terminology. I don't have no education. So I just say it the way it is, okay? I used to tell my people, I said, look, revival's a great opportunity for us to showcase our church. By that, I mean this. We can invite people that's never been to our church, and when they come, they feel the warmth, the love, the friendliness. And I assure you, they may want to come back, amen? But that's our opportunity to show other people our church, the fellowship that's within the wall. See, people buy, drive by here all the time, but they don't know what's inside here. So invite somebody to come with you, okay? All right, Brother Mark.